I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst of Free Dawkins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Homer in all the way to the bank. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> well, I don't know if you've seen the weather for Dallas right now, but it's really comparable to the Mavericks first quarter shooting and in the fact that super, super cold. Because there's like a cold front coming into Dallas tonight, and the low is 24 degrees. And I think this city might just shut down because it just never gets this cold. And I've just I've seen people freaking out about it. And I just yeah, I'm down if they want to just cancel school and like I don't know work for everyone tomorrow. That'd be cool. But the weather somehow affected Dallas's first quarter shooting tonight in Boston because. Or I guess I mean I don't even know what to say for Tim Hardaway, but it's probably pretty cold up there too. I'm gonna go out on a limb. Probably pretty cold. Everyone up there, um, yeah, they would just laugh at Texans for saying 24 degrees is cold. But um, some of you live overseas, you're like, hey, this is 24 degrees is like a hot day for us, but because <laughs> they use Celsius. <laughs> okay, that's true. <laughs> um, but man, yeah. This game is just frustrating. You want it. Somebody asked me today. Somebody stepped into my office day at work and said, all right, is it with without Hayward tonight, what does that do for the Mavericks? I'm like, it makes it easier. <laughs> but, you know, Boston's still a really good team. I didn't want to make it sound like, hey, just because they didn't have Hayward that, yeah. you know, they, they should win this game because that's just not the case. They're a good basketball team, and they're really good defensively. And we'll say the same thing about Toronto if – if Lowry is going to continue to be out because the Lakers just lost to the Raptors the other night and they're still a really good team, even without Lowry. Uh, They had random, super random role players. Like, do you know who Chris Boucher is? I do. He scored double digit points. Do you know? uh, I don't even know his first name. His name is Davis. The second don't even know his first name. I don't know him. He scored double digit points. Anyway, big baby's like son. Yeah. (laughs) Too short, (laughs) too short and skinny to be related all right on the podcast today we are going to break down the mavericks loss to the boston celtics uh 116 to 106 there's so many different things to break down in this game porzingis is bad night um yeah so many other things and according to some listeners we have to find a scapegoat so by the end of this podcast we'll have found a scapegoat just to let you know and it won't be dwight powell apparently so we will t- we'll discuss all that talk about all that but before we do isaac our five-star iTunes reviews. Somebody named Lord Awesome underscore gave us a review and asked what us this cool question. One. He says, guys, love the podcast. I enjoy how positive you guys are. I thought this was a fitting one for, for today. Interesting. <laughs> I enjoy how positive you guys are, even when things may not go the Mavs way. Any tips to stay positive? It's something I personally struggle with. Isaac, how do you stay positive even after a loss like this, and especially after the loss to the Knicks the other night. 
Yeah, so is he asking about basketball and like fandom or is he asking about life? Come on, preach, Isaac. Intertwine the two. Come on. <laughs> Come on. No, I, I think in any situation, you got to find the good. And it's about how you. I used to tell when I would mentor kids a few years ago, I would tell them no matter what emotion you're feeling, whether it's anger, sadness, whatever, like it's okay to feel whatever emotion. It's how you act upon that emotion is what matters. And. So I think in anything, how you react to certain situations, no matter what you're going through, you can always find some good in it somewhere. The challenge of finding that good is really, really hard sometimes because it does feel like you're in mud and you literally have to tell yourself one foot in front of the other. It's it's a slow pace sometimes, but you just got to keep moving forward. But I'm just rolling right now. Keep but, going. Keep um, going. The people need this. Wise, fandom wise, I don't know. It's I, it's just It just depends on how... How you do fandom? I mean, I said a while back. <clears throat> what did I say a while back? Uh, I talked about Luca. Yeah, it was Luca's outside shot, and how for me, being a fan, uh, I don't like just going out and criticizing in that situation. I think it's up to him. Like everybody can be a fan different ways, so it's a choice whether you want to be positive. That didn't do anything, but I what just talked in a circle. You kind of did, but I think pointing out finding. Finding the good in everything is is a way of life. <laughs> so it's a way of seeing things. And I I am of the belief that you know have you you've ever heard those studies where they talk to plants and they say like bad things to the plant and the plant dies. <laughs> like I believe that us as humans we are like that. If you just keep saying crappy stuff to yourself, I, I get caught in this all the time. Like I'll get behind on a deadline. It's a stupid deadline I set myself, but it's just the way my personality works. That if I get behind on a deadline i'll walk into the kitchen be upset be like ah i suck i suck and just say that over and over again and guess what i'm not gonna do better (laughs) at the the thing that i need to do and so i continue to try and just you know say positive things myself it sounds so stupid but the the lavar ball speak things into existence i think can happen for yourself personally and i think that you know not just you can't just speak something into the void and things will happen (coughs) but if you say you know positive things if you try and focus on the good, if you try and say, okay, what did I get out of this situation? You know, try to learn from your failures, things like that. I think that that's how you stay positive. And for the Mavericks tonight, let's just bring this into the game. The positives is that Luka's still amazing. We got another national Oof, writer man. on the Luka is top 10 in the NBA bandwagon. Welcome. Tim Bontemps, welcome. Welcome, welcome to the Tim. club. And... We got a good maxi game, a really good maxi game. 15 yeah, points, eight Maxie's boards, two assists, really, well. really good defense on Jason Tatum. Uh, we got another Jaylen, good Jalen Brunson game, and it looks like he, hopefully that game puts him back in the rotation because that is a real positive endeavor for the Mavericks. 12 points, seven boards, two assists, a steal, and uh, Matt Moore from uh, the, the Action Network, HP Basketball, said that he's really good. So that's a, that's another endorsement. So Welcome. Welcome to the endorsing uh, of Jalen Brunson Club. Notice if someone praised Tim Hardaway and said he's one of the best uh, shooters in the league, I would not say welcome because I'm not in that camp. I think in this game, I thought we got a good Dwight Powell game. And I think we got a good Dwight Powell game for various reasons, but one of them is because they don't really have centers that you have to guard or big men that you need to guard. Yeah. He had 12 points, five boards, three assists. I thought he was, uh, I thought I thought the stuff, that the pick and roll with, with Luka I thought was working. I thought they should have done that a little more. Um yeah, I thought the bench again was playing well. You had nine points from DeLon Wright. Really good game from him. Tim Hardaway Jr., nine points. We'll get to him. But the the bench outscored the Celtics bench by like 
what, like double digits. Like I think it was 40 to 28 or something like that. So those are the, those are the positives. Do you have any more positives from this game before we just crap all over the rest of it? You know, I think uh, I thought Maxi played uh, really good defense on Jason Tatum in the f- first half, especially. And Rick's Rick's starting lineup that he rolled out there. This is the eighth different one, so <clears throat> we got another a new starting lineup. Uh, we didn't, you know, we we predicted that Delon Wright and Tim Hardaway would start in this game. They did not. They started Maxi uh, and Seth and Dorian with KP and Luca, and that kind of surprised me because. You know, with Tatum at the four, I thought for sure they would want you know Dorian to be taken on Tatum and all that. And but just the fact that they started Maxi with KP against a Boston team that has you know Tyce at at center that surprised me some. But Maxi Elders Grant, I, yeah, I can't praise Maxi enough. I have my weekly Mavs dot com thing coming out tomorrow, and um, he's one of the points in that piece of just his outside shooting. <laughs> Tonight he shot fifty percent from three. Maxi was four of eight from from three, shooting thirty eight percent on the season heading into this game. So now obviously goes up. Uh, I, he's just he's playing really good basketball right now, and he's entered the area for me now to where like, he has. I think he has to finish most games if he's playing this well. And yeah, I mean I I think he's got to finish games over Dwight Powell. Yeah, that's All right. where I'm at. There's the positives. <laughs> that's the positives we have. So. Coming up, let's talk about this game and actually break it down honestly and look at the good and the bad of it because uh, this was kind of DeLon a rough... Wright. DeLon Wright was positive, too. I thought he played a really good game, too. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned him. Nine points, four boards, two assists, a steal, a block. thought he had some really good minutes. Uh, he ended up being a minus three for the game, but I thought the minutes that he played um, were very positive. I guess not literally because of the plus minus, but... <laughs> thought that they, I mean, they wanted Luka to... was a minus 17, so... Also true. Uh, so coming up, we're going to break down the rest of this game, and then I have I have six reasons the Mavs lost. If you want to hear, if you want to hear oh, those, so coming I'd up, we'll get into that. that. But before we do, today's podcast is sponsored by Audible. They have the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals, absolutely free. Visit audible.com/slash/lockedonNBA. They have the world's largest selection of audiobooks. There's so much stuff on there. I recently listened to Unscripted. It's uh, Ernie Johnson's uh, basically autobiography about his life. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. Ernie Johnson, the guy, he's the uh, he's the white guy on Inside the NBA that that tries to keep Shaq and Charles Barkley in line. If you didn't know who he was, so really good stuff. Also, Basketball: A Love Story, which is the Wraith Bartholomew, Jackie McMullen. Uh, book that had the documentary on ESPN that was all about basketball and the history of basketball and I'm working my way through that one as well there's a lot of really good stuff on Audible the uh, James Andrew Miller books as well the audio books the ESPN audio book the oral history of ESPN as well as the Saturday Night Live one which is just a monster lots of, of amazing stuff in that one as well and uh, you can be a member right now. Every month you get to choose one audiobook, regardless of price, as well as two Audible originals from a fresh selection. Members stay motivated and inspired with unlimited access to exclusive uh, guided fitness and meditation programs. If you're into that as well, that's another added bonus. You can sign up for free updates from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, delivered daily to the app. Lots of different things for Audible members. Also, you can keep your library of listens forever. I was a member of Audible at one point. I stopped being for a little bit. And I still have all the the books that I bought on Audible. They stay there forever. I'm um, back on it now. Start a trial. Get one audiobook and two Audible originals for free. So just start this. You might as well just go on there and get it because you can keep the book. 
Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook, two Audible originals, absolutely free when you visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. You have to use that promo code LockedOnNBA to get the 30-day Audible trial. Go do that. It helps us out. And you can get a free audiobook. Why would you not do this? You can go get Basketball Love Story for free right now. Go do that. Audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, Isaac, let's just get into it. I have six reasons the Mavs lost. I'm going to start from six and go up to one, okay? And then we can talk about them as we go. Let's do it. Seth Curry starting two guard, 0 of 4 from 3. If your guy that you bring in to shoot threes does not hit threes, I think that is part of the reason why you lost. Now, these are not self-contained reasons why they lost. These are these all contribute to it. That's part of it. So, Curry missing four threes, not... You know, he's only he only scored two points as you're starting two. I think that is that is a tough look. That's tough to overcome. Definitely need uh your best three point shooter on the team. Hey, the he, he hits does... he, he hits all four of those threes, the Mavs win. How about that? <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> the, the pick picking out the ran- this is one of my favorite things that uh, people do. We'll pick out random stats and send it to us and say, Look, if Luca didn't they scored six points off Luca's turnovers. If he didn't turn the ball over, that's the game. It's yeah. on Luca. Like what? 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 No, no. This is a it's a slippery slope right now. Like it's yeah. hard to do. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, when Seth doesn't hit shots, uh, it's difficult. Yeah, and it's it's a tough look for us. We were trying to push him to get in the starting the starting role, and then he misses all these shots. Then that's tough. But hey, he's still one of the best three point shooters in the NBA, and I think that the averages will eventually even out for him. I mean, heading into this game, he's shooting like 41% from three, I think. Right. So there's a there's a track sad. record there, which leads me into yeah. the number five reason why the Mavericks lost. Ooh, Tim ooh. Hardaway Jr., three of 11 from the field in 20 minutes. We we do this every game now, but when Tim Hardaway, shot selection. When Tim Hardaway Jr. rushes a, this is okay. When Tim Hardaway Jr. rushes a shot in transition or in a half court or whenever, when there's 15-plus seconds left on the shot clock and he takes a contested pull-up jumper that is not solid offense that that is taking away an entire possession from the mavericks my, my voice is quivered i'm not crying i promise not yet not yet i'm almost there that's taking away a possession from the mavericks that they desperately need where anything else could have happened and i just think that that a lot of his shots like that are these contested pull-ups that are in transition or just way too quick and I think that it takes a it takes away momentum, like even aesthetic things. Besides, just you know, they could have scored points on the possession, or they could have done something else. They could have, you know, drawn an offensive foul or you know a foul on the defense to where somebody you know uh, has more fouls and they could eventually get fouled out. Like there's that was a bad sentence. There's so many other things that there's so many other things that could have happened, but it stops momentum. It gives uh, a live ball turnover most of the time. For Boston to turn around and, you know, the defense may not be set for the Mavericks because a lot of his shots are these long shots. And so you're getting long rebounds, which is why one of the reasons why I think the Mavericks have rebounded the ball so well this year. But it gets long rebounds, then the Celtics get it, and you go to the other side, and then they hit a three, and then all of a sudden that's a huge six-point swing just because of that rush shot. So I know we harp on this all the time, but I put him as number five. So not even in the top four, but I thought it was a reason why the Mavs lost. Yeah, so – my son's at this age right now to where he's he knows he notices it too (laughs) no Um, why does he shoot so bad he's like 15 months a little over 15 months old and so we moved his like basketball goal into the living room to where he can play on it while we watch basketball and it's just super fun i tweeted out a picture of it uh before the game and uh 
Yeah, he's, it's fun. He was literally dunking and watching the screen. But uh, my point is, we have this like little uh, footstool thing over near the window next to the TV. And at one point, I was watching the game, and I look over, and he had climbed up on the footstool and is standing up on this thing to where if he jumps off of it and falls, he's probably going to get hurt, and then my wife's going to freak out, and I'm just going to, like, then I can't watch the game, and then all this stuff. And I turn around, and I'm like, whoa, 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 no, 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 stop, stop, stop. What are you doing? What are you doing? Wait, and I realized, wait can I, can I, I have, walk through your parenting response right there <laughs> your son's gonna fall and hurt himself and the first thing you thought of was your wife's gonna get mad and the second thing you thought of was you're not gonna be able to watch the game <laughs> i mean that was after that's a real sports fan right there everyone I just <laughs> but admit, my this reaction is, this is how much isaac commits to this podcast and to you guys <laughs> my reaction <laughs> to my son being up on this thing and me freaking out and saying no no no, wait 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 no wait, no 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 was the same every time tim hardaway gets the dang ball and where he is constantly looking like my son looking to jump off this thing to like hurt himself and to like fall. And he thinks it's cool when I'm looking at my son and I know that he's thinking about doing this. It's the same feeling that I'm, I'm watching my TV screen and I'm seeing Tim Hardaway with the basketball and he catches it. And I feel like he only has one thing on his head and it's like, I got to shoot. I got to get it up. I got to launch it. And I'm, I'm like, no, 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 no. Just chill. There was a play at the end of the game. <clears throat> right towards the, uh, maybe end of the third quarter to where he had the open three and he he, he started to go for it and, and stopped and got it back to Luca and I was shocked. Now, Luca got the ball back to him at the buzzer at the end of the third quarter and he still shot it, but it's, it's literally reached that point now to where every time he touches the ball, you literally think he's going to shoot it no matter where he's at on the floor and that's, that's scary. Yep, well, that's where we're going to stop there. Number four reason the Mavs lost, Boston, 15 of 35 from three. They shot 42.9%, hitting 15 threes. I think that is is huge for them. Uh, And, yeah, that was massive. Some of the threes and where they came I think are even bigger. We'll get to that later. But, yeah, Boston hitting from three. The Mavericks' three-point defense has been abysmal. They have to be, you know, bottom five. Yeah. Yeah, it's not very good. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Kemba, I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about Kemba more in a little bit. Yep. But, I mean, even just to counter that, I mean, Dallas shot 11 of 42 from the three-point line, 26%. That's number three. Dallas shot 11 oh, okay. of 42, 26.2%. The Mavericks are going to take all these threes. You know, they, they're they going to live and die by the three. And they're going to die sometimes by the three. And, hey, I mean, you take some of them and you don't accept some of the other ones. Some of them yeah, are, I mean, are Curry it, missing four threes. Like, that's – you know, four of those. That's huge. I mean, Curry missing four. Uh, Porzingis missed three. Yeah. Uh, Dorian missed four. Luka. Tim Hardaway missed six. Uh, Luca missed seven. I mean, they, they're chucking the threes up. But, I mean, yeah, they shot 42. Last year they averaged 36 a game, basically. So they're obviously shooting more this year. But if you can't hit them at a higher clip, then uh, you might struggle a little bit. For sure. Number two reason why the Mavericks lost. Kem- Man, what was number three? Dallas. Dallas's threes. What was number four? Boston's threes. Oh, okay. <laughs> number five. You know what I mean? Tim Hardaway Jr. Five? shooting. <laughs> Kemba Walker. Number, or, uh, six was Curry. Number two, Kemba Walker. 29 points. His fourth quarter, just he looked the game, really, at in the fourth quarter. Dallas was up 92 to 90 uh, with like five minutes left to go. Five, Almost six minutes left to go. Terrell, uh, Terrell Wright, oh my gosh, Delon Wright, Delon Wright drives and hits a layup. Kemba comes back into the game, he gets checked back into the game, hits two free throws, 
And then three threes in a row, then assists on a Marcus Smart three. All of a sudden, and a couple other things happen in between some of those. And the Celtics went on a 17-3 to run. The Celtics are up 107 to 95. Like that run just destroyed them and just killed them. And Carlisle mentioned that after the game. He mentioned that the fourth quarter was just terrible and blah, blah, blah. So, but Kemba going off, though, they had Tim Hardaway Jr. out there carting him. <laughs> Do you want to bring that back up again? Well, this, I don't even want to single out Tim Hardaway on that because. They switch a lot. They We've do. talked about they the do. switching stuff, and it's like this is where you get in trouble uh, in some moments when you know Maxi got switched out on him that one time in which he just did the step back right over in front of the bench, and then he turned out and said something to the bench, uh, and you know that one time on the on the right wing they did a you know they brought up another pick for him and they just miscommunicated on the switch and he just got open at the top of it they went under a little bit and then it's like okay and he drills that he wasn't missing this is what all-stars do uh Kimmel Walker's a heck of a basketball player this is why Dallas wanted to go get him they wanted to you know pair this offensive talent up with Luka in the same backcourt and have this one-two punch and uh you've seen why they wanted that tonight and it was just the run. One, obviously, I know this ain't going to be one because it's the reasons why they lost, and uh, it's definite reason why they didn't lose was, or however I want to say that was Luca's third quarter. I mean, that was, I mean, top ten player Luka Doncic. If yeah, his, you just need to go. His run came a quarter early. I mean, you just need to go watch that third quarter of Luca. I mean, that was just absolutely incredible how he was setting up. Uh, his teammates, him setting up Maxi in that corner down there, that one three uh, in which he you know draw, drove the land on the right side, went behind the back, and then passed it to Maxi, and just like he didn't even look at the shot, he was just staring at the ref or the front person on the front row with his arms out, kind of soaring a little bit. He knew it was going in. He had the confidence in that. Um, but I mean, Luca, I can't even. I, yeah, you can't even praise him enough for that third quarter run. And I, I say that because it looked like Boston was pulling away a little bit. I think they went up by, what, 14, 15 maybe there at the beginning of the third, somewhere through there. And that Luka run, it brought him back in the you know, end of the third quarter. But then at the first of the, first of the fourth quarter, I'm like, they're really going to pull this off. You felt that confidence, and you you talked about Delon hit that hit that layup. They went by they went about two or maybe four points, yeah. and it just looked like the momentum was swinging. It felt it was good. Inter- Tatum was having an awful game, and they oh weren't getting gosh. anything from him, and that's massive. Kobe, let's go. <laughs> Jalen Brown and- was like in and out of the game, and he was you know he had to hit a good night overall, but in that stretch, he wasn't really doing anything. And yeah. but this is Kemba hasn't gone is- on his run yet. This is how your ceiling is raised when you have these superstar guys. Yep. And when you have Luka Doncic, you have a Kimball Walker, and it looks like the momentum is, is, is shifting to Dallas. They're starting to you know go up by a little bit, and then bam, Kimball Walker happens. And that's what great players do. And it's like you don't blame them. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, he's, he's a really good basketball player, and they just they honestly didn't have enough. And I'm assuming I know what your first point is. They needed a little bit more from him. There was a couple of people that tweeted me yesterday that they actually wouldn't do the trade we mentioned, getting Kemba Walker on this team and then sending and not signing the guys that the Mavericks did. And I wonder if they feel the same today. <laughs> I wonder. I remember I brought that up yesterday, and you're like, "No, no one believes that." Two people, <laughs> two people sent that to me, and I'm not going to name them because they just get destroyed. So, all right, coming up. We'll get into the number one reason, and I bet you can guess what it is coming up. 
But before we do, today's podcast is sponsored by Audible. They have the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Again, start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook, two Audible originals, absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash NBA. All right, Isaac. Number one reason the Mavericks lost. 10-point loss. For the Mavericks against the Celtics. Kristaps Porzingis averaging, what, 20 points a game? And he gives you four. Just plain and simple, your second best player. One for 11 from the field. Five fouls. Got into foul trouble. That definitely didn't help. Um, That's the reason why the Mavericks lost, I think. I think that's the number one reason. Kemba's run and everything else could have been negated if Porzingis was was playing a little better. I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't – I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat that. Do you have Rick's – Direct quote from after yeah, the game. Yeah, so, so Rick was asked about this. This is the first thing Rick was asked about that, that we got to see anyway. And he said, you know, this is just a bad game, and we flush it and move forward. That was his direct quote. He also said, quote, I've got to get him in better situations, which is just the, the new – it's the new Nerlens Noel matchups thing that just every single time That's we're going to hear Carlisle say that he's got to get Porzingis I in better situations. I think there's more truth behind that one than Nerlens. I agree, anyway. I agree. Yeah, it's not as, <laughs> it's not as ridiculous <laughs> as that. And then, after he gets asked two questions about Porzingis, Tim Cato was in Boston. Shout out to Tim Cato. He tried to ask him, he tried to ask Carlisle about posting up Porzingis on Marcus Smart, posting him up against anybody. He started to ask the question. Carlisle immediately cut him off. He wouldn't even go to it and just went back to the, we flush it and move forward. What do you think about a coach that won't answer specific questions like that? Because that, that to me, it's, I don't know. A lot of times we get players and coaches that say, well, ask us about basketball things. Don't just ask us about, you know, bring up the Nerlens thing. Don't just ask yeah. me about the minutes or don't just ask me about the politics or the narratives of things. Ask me about basketball things. Tim Cato comes in and asks a basketball question about posting up Porzingis. Was that the best type of play? And then he won't answer it. So, I mean, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> Think about who you're asking and what type of ask, what type of question you're asking me right now. I'm I'm wondering what you think about it. No, 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 no. You know exactly, exactly how I think about that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Rick's going to answer what he wants to answer, so I'm just going to leave that at that. And Rick does not want to answer that question. But my my thing is, why doesn't he want to answer that specific question? I think. Well, I think they're. I mean, it's very clear they're all trying to figure everything out right now. They're. You, you know that Porzingis is frustrated with. What's going on right now? He wants to. Maybe is it in his head any that this New York game is coming up? I mean, does that factor into tonight? That's what. That, that's actually a smart thing that said Sabalo said on the post game. Wow, um, but no, I mean, is is that something that he's already thinking about? You know, he's thinking about it. Some it's not until Thursday though. That's that's the crazy thing. About True. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to sit here and come up with any like excuses. I'm just throwing out things, but. They're obviously not on the same page. That is an obvious thing in the offense and the you know the system that's being ran. Like Porzingis is not where he wants to be, and there's going to it's going to be very vague right now. We don't know what either side really wants of the other, uh, except that we that both sides want to succeed, and they just have to figure it out. And Rick, uh, that's why I honestly do believe what Rick's saying when he says, "Hey, I just got." We got to figure it out. We got to flush this, move on. We got to get him in better spots <laughs> because I do think the natural thing is we got to get him more post ups. I know that he's not the you know the strongest NB type of guy. Not but- on Marcus Smart though. It's anybody but Marcus <laughs> Smart. But yes, I agree. But there's just ways to get him the basketball 
inside 12, 15, let's just say 15 feet, instead of getting in the basketball on the perimeter and say, hey, either shoot it over the top people or just, or try to drive or something like that. It's just not, yeah. And I want to see him try to do some post moves. It feels like there is sometimes where he, if he does get it on the post, I know you're 7'3 and no one can block that shot for the most part, but it seems like his main go-to move is he'll kind of turn around, he'll kind of square up, he'll look at the basket and he's like, hey, I'm going to shoot right over the top of you. I get that. Kevin Durant does that, but Kevin Durant is literally one of the best players in the world. And yeah, we just, I, I want to see some post up moves. I want to see some shakes. Like, let's get us some uh, Keem shakes in there. Let's get some, you know, Dirk moves and, and pull off some, you know, post moves in that. And let's see you bang a little bit. Um, I'm not saying this is all on Porzingis. I'm not saying it's all on Carla and the coaching staff. I think it's on both parties, but it's obviously taken a little bit more time than uh, some of us thought it would. Yep. Yeah, and you can go watch my video on Porzingis uh, on Free Dawkins. The link is in the description. And I break down, this is, I think, before the Knicks game, uh, the games that he had played before that, but I break down you know, where he's doing, what he's doing well, and around the rim he was shooting 70% at that point. And you know, shooting really well on you know lots of putbacks, lots of alley oops, and things like that. But that that pad those numbers for sure. But there's a couple moves in there, a couple hooks, a couple of different things. And then it was the six to ten feet that he just really struggled. Just just can could not get anything going. And so that is yeah. a, a continuing now. He had foul <laughs> trouble too. I do want to throw it out there. True. He did he did get in some foul trouble. Um, and that that just that never helps your rhythm. And that so I think that. Uh, got him out of his rhythm too, and he's such so, a rhythm player too. Like we, we, he is, yeah. we've mentioned that word so many times with Porzingis, and and this is something we're at least for me. This is something I'm learning about him because I obviously didn't watch every Knicks game when he played in New York. Um, I would catch different games here and there. I didn't watch him every single night, every minute that he that he played. This is something that I think that I've learned since watching him play every single minute so far is I didn't know he was such a rhythm player. Or maybe this is something news post injury that true because it, yeah. it does seem like he does need a rhythm to it and to get himself going and stuff like that. So yeah, there's, I don't know what else to say about it as far as I, I'm not worried. I'm not at the worried spot. I'm not there at all. I'm not freaking out. I'm not abandoning ship. Nothing like that. This is still one of the best young duos in the league. They're going to figure it out. I feel very confident in that. And uh, I think it's just, <clears throat> I think it's just going to take a little bit more time than uh, a lot of us thought. Yep. There you go. And maybe well, this will all be negated when he scores like 35 against the Knicks and he hits like seven threes and who knows wouldn't that just be the best for him you know the just the the narratives too but just he's obviously in a funk right now and you know he wants to play well in that game you know it's going to be crazy there at msg and we'll talk more about this game leading up to thursday but still uh, it would just be a huge moment for him just to kind of right the ship and get past this funk that he's in yeah absolutely all right anything else from this game the mavericks continue they play the knicks on thursday and that's going to be a big one. So we'll definitely preview that as the game, as the you know the week goes on. We have two more pods until that game, which is weird for yeah. us. But two days off. They're in New York. I think they're going to New York since they're in Boston. I think they're going to New York now. So Porzingis has a couple days to walk around New York, and who knows what's what's going to go. On. I don't. I don't know if they're going to want him walking around New York. <laughs> um, right. right. 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, they'll obviously have a, a day off or a day of travel in, in there with the game not being until uh, until Thursday. So, you know, whether they, they could just stay in Boston right now and spend the day in Boston uh, tomorrow and then head up on Wednesday and do all that. Or, well, I don't know. I don't know what their travel schedule is and all that. But uh, they definitely move past the Boston game. They're going to all be looking forward to this Knicks game. This isn't – this. Uh, suddenly has become not just a Porzingis game. This is, hey, these guys came in our building and kicked our butt, and we need to go into their building and return the favor. So it's a little bit bigger than Porzingis right now. I think the whole team's going to be more motivated in that game, but uh, we'll see uh, come Thursday. For sure. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.